0: Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Al D. This is a show designed for aspiring, current, and former MBAs looking for advice on how you can grow your career through an MBA degree. During each episode, I'll talk to MBA students, graduates, and leaders about the MBA experience, navigating the workplace, and career development, so you can learn how to develop and achieve your own version of career success through an MBA and beyond. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today's guest is Jessica Wan, who is a Haas Berkeley MBA graduate. She is currently an executive and leadership coach, and she is also a host of a podcast called The Ampersand Manifesto. I've gotten to know Jess over the past year and a half or so, and at very, very excited to have her on the podcast. Jessica has a wonderful story about really being able to explore a number of different interests and passions at the same time and to be able to integrate them into her life and her career. Uh, those being both uh, working in technology and marketing as well as a love and passion for the arts. She's a classically trained vocalist and has found ways to integrate both of those into her life and her career. So make sure you listen in to hear Jessica's story about how her time in business school helped her create the career and life that she has now and how she has been able to uh, find uh, fulfillment in her newest stage of her journey now as an executive and leadership coach. Make sure to listen in and let us know what you think of this episode. All right, Jessica, it's great to have you here. And I know you're a podcast host as well. So I hope you enjoy being on the other side of the mic. But I always love starting this podcast up with a warm up question. And so Jessica, my warm up question to you is what was your first job growing up? And what did you learn from that experience?
1: I grew up in central Ohio. And if you know anything about Columbus, you might know the Easton Town Center. It is a shopping mall with an outdoor flavor, which is interesting for Ohio with the weather. But it was built when I was finishing up high school. And I thought a really good job would be to work at the cafe in the shopping mall. And my parents agreed it was getting out in the world, doing customer service, I did a lot of sweeping and a lot of cleaning tables, but what I wish I had done was learn how to make coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker myself, but I often have guests who stay in my house and they ask how to make coffee and I tell them I have no idea. So I wish I had gotten barista training, but really I just learned how to clean very well.
0: Not a bad skill. And there's still plenty of time to learn how to make the coffee. But you've clearly found some other things that you've been good at since then and have made a lot of different or had a lot of different opportunities in your career. But let's start going back to prior to going to business school and getting an MBA. What were you doing in your career prior to business school? And what led you to decide to apply and take the next step in your career and attend business school?
1: I graduated from undergrad with a double major, one in product design, which is a bachelor's of science. It's kind of like mechanical engineering with a twist is how I describe it to people. And my other major was music in vocal performance. So I came out of school pretty much believing that to be quote unquote successful, I had to work at a design firm because my major was in design. So I went home to my parents' house in central Ohio and went and applied for jobs on Craigslist way, way back then in the dark ages on the computer downstairs. And then I figured out that it was a really bad plan to apply for jobs in San Francisco when I was in a basement in Ohio. So I just moved. I moved out to San Francisco, where my then boyfriend, now husband, was already living. And I got a job. It was off of Craigslist at a very small design firm in San Francisco. And that's how I kind of fell into marketing. When I was majoring in product design, I realized that the part about product design that I love the most was people the need finding understanding what people need what makes them tick interviewing people and compiling all that data to make something make sense as a direction for designers and engineers that was my focus area and my kind of special sauce so i ended up doing this for a couple of years at this design firm we worked on projects from everything from makeup packaging to an exercise bike in China. That was probably my favorite project. And after a couple of years, I had been following the San Francisco Opera, because that other major in music, of course. And I had noticed that they didn't often hire, but all of a sudden they were hiring for four marketing positions all at the same time. And I started at that job I remember it was April Fools, April 1st, 20 oh, can't even say 20, 2005. And we had a cohort of the April Fools marketing team, and I was at that job for 3 wonderful years and really developed my marketing chops, everything from print mail campaigns to ads to email. This was really early days for email and pricing and really talking to opera subscribers. And I did that for a few years. And then I realized I had this wonderful director of marketing who she had previously been the director of marketing at the Metropolitan Opera in New York. And we had about 25 years between us. And I thought, oh, there's really nowhere to go, nowhere to grow in this particular organization so i could I could move to another city, work for another arts organization. I could branch out in the arts, stay in San Francisco, I could go to conservatory and study voice, or I could go to business school. Looking back, I am so happy with the choice I made to go to business school. It completely opened up my horizons and my perspective. And I made incredible friends that are still really good friends today.
0: What's interesting to me is that it sounded like in the opportunity you had before going to business school, you seem to have actually found, at least at the time, a pretty good fit in terms of being able to combine some, doing, being able to do something that was roughly in your wheelhouse of your skills, as well as your interests, In terms of being able to work for the opera and being like a classically trained vocal performer, how was just that experience in terms of recognizing that the, even though you, it sounded like you were in a quote unquote, good spot that given that there were so many years in between yourself and the next person that you were actually going to have to leave something that it sounded like you did for another opportunity. Was that hard? Was that easy? How did that experience go for you?
1: There were so many factors at that point in my life that it's hard to actually restrict it to just work. My mom was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and ended up surviving for six months after that diagnosis. In that time, I got married and she did make it to the wedding, which is one of the most important things that I feel like I've ever done. So a lot was going on then. And I believe I was also part of this leadership development program at the time. I'm not sure the organization is still around. It's called Future Women Leaders. And it was really through that work and getting coaching for the first time that I realized that I there was more to learn and there was more in the world outside of my bubble, happy as it was, that I wanted to explore, that I wanted to test out and to see how I fit into kind of a bigger world.
0: So how was that MBA experience then for you? What do you remember in terms of what you got out of it? Or what were some of the more valuable experiences that you took away from your time at Haas?
1: Even though at this point, it's been a long time ago, many moments still feel like yesterday. I felt like my time at Haas were some of the most flourishing and inspiring years of my life, and I absolutely loved my time there. It was interesting because before I had this revelation that business school was the right step, if you had asked me, I wouldn't have even thought about it. I didn't have a background in business. I joked to people, I hadn't even taken econ one. So business school was my first crash course to all of that. And what sealed the deal for me was when I was visiting, it actually was the feeling inside me on the campus, talking to people that guided me and said, this is right. Right this is absolutely right. And when I introduced myself as a person who was working at the San Francisco Opera and a singer myself, it's a li- there's a little vulnerability in that. You're not coming from the exact mold of a business school student. But I was welcomed in with open arms and not just tolerated, but really celebrated. And people wanted to know more and get my perspective on business things, which was incredible.
0: So something that I've always found to be interesting, at least in my own lived experience, is that when I used to interview for jobs, or when I interviewed for jobs in the past, or any time where I had to submit a resume, I was a marketing and theology major in college. And it didn't matter what I was applying to, everyone just wanted to talk to me about the theology piece because it didn't necessarily fit within the context of the rest of the story that I was telling. And in so many ways, that actually was a good thing because it gave something to talk about. And people were genuinely, it ranged from people being genuinely curious to what the heck does this mean? But what I've often found, at least in my experience, having been in business school and also just talking with like lots of people, uh, that is a... I think there's I think there's a lot of that's where a lot of the learning really comes into play is when you do get to be able to meet other people who have different backgrounds from you that you may not necessarily have been exposed to or that you would maybe encounter on a consistent basis. And in many ways, it can really open up your aperture and your own thinking about what is even possible for for a future career or future job or opportunity after you graduate.
1: Absolutely.
0: If you think back what when you were in school, what did you think you wanted to do after you graduated? And then in reality, what ended up happening and what did you what profession or what field did you go into after getting your MBA?
1: Those first few weeks and months of being a first year in business school are just so fast-paced and there's so much going on. Everyone kind of wants to do everything, me included. And there's a lot of shopping around, I think, for interests and just exploring different facets. I went in wanting to really validate that marketing was the right thing for me to continue with. Because I had kind of fallen into it from the design world. And I also didn't know if what I knew about it was... The core of marketing, which is an interesting thing to think about. I think I realized in business school that a lot of the marketing that the opera did was very much downstream and very much in the marketing communications area. And there was this whole other world of marketing that was fundamental. And I wanted to really get my experience, gain, gain my experience in that area. So pretty quickly, I knew what my goal was for the summer internship and for afterwards, and that was working for Apple. In the first semester, there was a class where I think it was something around real-life marketing careers, a one-unit class, one day a week, where they just brought in alums From different companies. And these two guys from Apple came back and talked. And I talked with them afterwards. And one of them ended up hiring me for an internship for the next summer.
0: And what was that experience like being able to go work at Apple, I think at a pretty monumental time in the history of the company, as well as just in culture writ large? How did that experience go? And what did you take away from it?
1: It was an amazing time to be at Apple. So just rewind the years back. We were working on the iPad 2 and the iPhone 5, I believe, 4 or 5. The iPhone was not in China yet. My team was working on that kind of behind the scenes for years and years. My role was working with the wireless carriers all around the world. Um, We had hundreds of partners to launch the iPhone and iPad. And it was wild. I mean, it was a wild time. And also for me personally, coming from the arts nonprofit world into what was the largest for-profit company of that year, it was a move I really think wouldn't have happened without Haas.
0: Tell me more about that.
1: When you think about pivoting, I think and the way that people actually get internships and get jobs. I think that there's a lot of luck. There's obviously connections and knowing people helps. It's very hard to kind of make that transition. And I think in the nonprofit space, you can easily get pigeonholed as this is what you do, and it's not exactly transferable. Or really, there are just so many good, candidates out there so many good people that do have very transferable skills. And I think that I wasn't totally sure I wanted to make the move into for profit forever. But I figured that if there's anywhere in the world to learn about great marketing, it is Apple. And I think that my time there I really got to see the inner workings and be part of the inner workings of this formidable company.
0: Hey there, it's Al, and thanks so much for listening to the NBA Insider Podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm loving doing this show and I hope you're enjoying it too. If you're enjoying this episode, I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast or simply share it on social media, or send it to a friend. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Thank you. And let's get back to the show. So that seems like a pretty monumental opportunity. And clearly, it sounds like it was a big step in your career. But in addition to spending some time at Apple, you were able to then go on to do a couple other stints, I believe, within the realm of tech and marketing. Talk to me a little bit more just about what happened in your career after apple and some of the learnings or things you took from those experiences
1: my next move i think was both personal and professional i got i think it was a linkedin message from i don't remember who exactly it was from but in regards to this company smule so smule makes music making apps for the iphone and Personally, in my life, when I was working at Apple, we were living in Sunnyvale and I wasn't singing as much. I think at that time, there wasn't as much arts and culture around me and I was starting to feel it. And I think having a long commute from San Francisco or Berkeley It just wasn't on the table for me at the time. So I had also been thinking, okay, this is more of a life change. I really want to move back to San Francisco. I really want to be more active in performing. And then this this email came around Smule. And I interviewed with them. It was at the time probably around a 50-person startup and very creative, very – it was the first time that I felt I could bring together these two worlds of music and business in a very integrated and creative way. And I just met incredible people. And we, at that early stage, we shaped the culture of the company. And we had jam sessions on Fridays. There were a lot of people who wasn't just enjoying listening to music, but actually making music. We had a piano, we had all these instruments, we would make you know, YouTube videos. And I ended up really working on YouTube marketing, which was completely new to me at the time. But there was a point where we had signed on, I think, five or six of the top 10 creators at that time. So this was 2013, about 10 years ago. So that was an incredible experience. And after that, I actually ended up taking off some time to sing and to really study and learn my craft. We lived in Europe for summer. I studied with a world famous opera singer. And it was incredible, maybe a do it DIY MFA sabbatical for myself. And from there, I ended up going to Magoosh, an online education tech company, and leading their marketing team and being there for over six years.
0: So it makes sense to me that you might take some time to go pursue singing, because I know that was an interest of yours. But at the same time, given that you were, it sounded like in a career and in a profession and a job that you also really enjoyed and seemed to be doing well in. So I know earlier you had mentioned the importance of coaching and I know that is what you do now, but can you talk a little bit about when you discovered coaching and when did you discover that you might actually be interested in actually pursuing this as a full-time profession?
1: I've worked with coaches at certain inflection points throughout my career. So, in 2007, right before business school, again in 2014 when I was transitioning between Smule and singing and Magouche, and then again as a leader at Magouche. And every time I had a wonderful experience. That being said, it didn't come to me that This is what I should be doing until I had some space from working all the time, from being embedded in a company. At Magoosh, I started to notice things about myself, about being a little bit more drawn to the people side and managing than to the... Marketing content or expertise or thought leadership, and I think with every executive leader now more than ever, thought leadership is almost required and for me it I actually I felt like I had a hard time talking about marketing as a topic as a thought leader, but now as a coach, it comes easy to talk about leadership, to talk about management, to talk about culture. And I think this is pretty indicative. I was looking at what I was learning and what I was reading and consuming, and it was all in this realm of leadership development, of talent development, of how to get people to really tackle kind of mindset first, or at least in concert with strategy and tactical. And when I left my role at Magoosh, I was reflecting back. And I realized what I missed most of all were my one-on-ones. I would meet weekly one-on-one with everyone reporting to me. And then monthly with everybody reporting to them. So I was I had a lot of opportunities and cross-functionally as well. And these were the really special moments for me. So how I came to coaching was actually in an effort to kind of replicate one-on-ones in a way. Um, but of course, as an external coach, there's even more freedom to explore to have a really honest conversation because I'm not now responsible for evaluating or promoting anybody. But in my role now, I can actually 100% advocate. And I do, I advocate for my clients and they have achieved amazing things like getting promotions, getting raises, and really stepping up into the leadership roles that allow them to flourish and thrive.
0: And so now that you are, now you have the opportunity to do this as your primary job versus something that you perhaps did part of the time, what has that journey been like for you in terms of the business side of things, in terms of working a full-time job in, in tech and marketing to now being in business for yourself as a coach and as a solopreneur? how has that experience been or what has the learning curve been like
1: it's been such an incredible journey when i think back to all that has happened in the last year really i'm just i'm in awe of how much personal learning has taken place and i'm i'm loving so many pieces of it almost all of it which is great So the way that this evolved is that I realized really strongly in January, 2022, that the work that I should be doing is actually coaching. And the coaching came first. What am I going to do with my days? What's going to be my paying main thing? And then the solopreneur entrepreneur thing came second. The question was really, how can I do this Fastest, easiest, you know, starting my own business. So I launched my business in March 2022. It has just been an amazing adventure at that point. Something I'd like to keep in mind is that none of this actually even existed before March 2022. So everything that has come to me and everything good that has happened has been within this year. And I think that's just incredible because as a solopreneur, you really have to keep faith that good things are going to happen. But I actually have data that good things couldn't have happened before then.
0: As you think about this journey to being a solopreneur or even some of the other career decisions you've made since graduating from business school, I just would love for you to reflect on how did that time in business school perhaps help you or uh, give you opportunities or insights into being able to navigate through and explore through these different career decisions that you've made in your life?
1: When I think about Haas and my time in business school, I think that it was amazing all that I learned, like the actual brass tacks and fundamentals. But it's really two things. So the soft skills side that has really helped with every single role that I've had, including this one now. And I don't love this term soft skills, but I think people generally know what you mean when you say it in terms of actually even having a productive conversation with a coworker, building relationships, negotiating in a way that doesn't feel slimy, talking about yourself and your story and sharing and seeing viewpoints from other people and how they might connect. And I think this this ability to actually see the big picture is so important as an entrepreneur and as a leader. And then the second thing is really the actual people and the actual network has been extraordinary, I think, from some of my first clients being Haas classmates or people in the Haas community to even just having a network to bounce off ideas and just having that amazing community where Those Haas defining principles are really the glue that holds us together as an entrepreneur now and as a coach. If people reach out and want to have a chat about anything going on in their career, I'm so happy to. I think that the Haas network is just full of reciprocity and abundance, and that's exactly the type of place that I'm just grateful to be in.
0: So in, in addition to being an executive and leadership coach, you also host a podcast. And I'd love to know from you just a little bit more about what the podcast is and why, why you started it.
1: The podcast is called The Ampersand Manifesto. Ampersand being a person who is straddling two or more worlds, as I do. And the manifesto being the kind of impetus for the podcast itself, we are through these interviews co creating a set of principles to live a multi passionate life. This idea, I think, has been inside me as a little kernel for forever. I've been a musician since I was little, I did the double major, I went on and throughout all of my business career i was singing on the side or at night on weekends and there are others like that out there and i really wanted to shine a light on their stories so that's what we're doing and we have incredible people my friend who was an ip lawyer and is now a cheese evangelist and a photographer and an opera singer just Incredible stories of people who are finding deep connections between two things that maybe seemingly you might not understand the connection at first, like marketing and theology. But I bet that there are lots of connections and that your theology degree helps every day in some way. So these are the stories we are diving into and it just brings me so much joy to get to know other ampersands and to bring their stories to life.
0: I I love that and I love how you've been able to really in many ways bring to life and really start to coalesce around a message that has also just been so resonant in your own experience, lived experience. I think maybe the last question before we wrap up here Jessica. I'm sure you talk about this or go through this with many of the folks you coach, but I'd love to know for, from you, what does career success mean to you?
1: This is something that I've definitely changed my mind about in my life, and I'm going to give myself the freedom to change my mind again later, which means to me that success is not a static place. I think as a child I had models of success that looked like doctor, lawyer, professor shaped from my parents who were immigrants and the immigrant families around us. But over the years I now think that success is really all about the impact that your work has on both you, your close community, And the greater community around you. And I think that we are on this earth to serve a purpose and to contribute the best that we can, the best that we are able to kind of a greater good. And this is my own belief. But I think we can get so easily swayed by traditional models of success and what other people think. It takes a lot of deep reflection to define this for yourself. But I think that my choices have really been out of a sense of responsibility for doing good, for making a positive impact. And I'm increasingly figuring out how to do it in a, an authentic, integrated, and holistic
0: way. That was a beautiful answer. Jessica Wan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing your story, your experiences, and your journey. If people want to learn more about you and your work or even your podcast, where can they go and where can they find you?
1: My website is JessicaWan.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I think my name is Jessica M. Wan. I'm connected to Al, so you can find me that way. And the Ampersand Manifesto is available wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I hope you can check out those stories.
0: Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.